What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Stairway to 7 podcast, where we talk about financial literacy, personal finance, entrepreneurship, and occasionally other stuff that happens just because it's happening. And I've got really bad ADHD, so not always in control of what happens. But anyway, Stairway to 7 figures. Why? Because there's no elevator to success. You got to take the stairs. And let's face it, six figures ain't what it used to be. So we need to earn seven figures just to stay ahead of the game. Now, I'm your host, Ismail, as you know, and you are listening. What's on the menu for today's episode? We're talking, drumroll please. Yeah, you guessed it. (laughs) Mindset. Mindset. Now, let's address the elephant in the room, right? Because a lot of people want to get straight to the tactics and the strategy for for reaching their goals. And look, I can get behind that. I can totally understand that. But there is a real secret sauce that you got to know about, which is very simply, mindset is more important than strategy. Mindset is more important than strategy. That's the uncomfortable truth, the inconvenient truth, right? But people hate talking about that. Everybody wants to jump right to the recipe, but they don't want to chop the onions and the peppers. Mindset is more important than strategy. I'll prove it to you. Think about it like this. If all we needed was information, right? If all we needed was information, everybody and their mama would be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, like with their dream beach bodies too, right? Why? Because there's plenty of information out there already that can tell you step-by-step how to do everything. So if information is all it takes, give me the playbook. What's the formula? One, two, three, four, I got it, right? If information is all it takes... Why aren't there more millionaires with six-pack abs and, you know, the bodies of their dreams, right, in every single neighborhood? Why not? But there aren't, right? Instead, what we have in our neighborhoods is lots of broke people who are unhappy with their fitness or health or bodies. Why? They have access to all the same information. Why? Information just isn't enough. Not by itself, right? There's more to it than that. Ask yourself this question. Have you ever had all the information and strategy and steps that you need to accomplish a particular goal, but you still didn't accomplish the goal? Ever happened to you? Why? What went wrong? What was missing? Let me give you a visual. All right, let me give you a visual. If we think about goal setting like it's a tree, and the top of the tree, the part that we can see above the ground, right, you know, with the the trunk and the branches and the leaves, that's the strategy, right? That's the how-tos. That's all the steps to accomplish your goal. But as every reasonably educated person over the age of, we'll call it 18 or 21, knows. 
the part that we can't see, the roots. This is the most important part of the tree. The roots give the tree its foundation, the structure, nourishment, the root system. This is the mindset. This is why it's so important to get the mindset piece of the puzzle right first before going into strategies and tactics and tips and hacks. You can't build the trunk and the branches of the tree without the roots. So it goes back to mindset. Now, I want you to think about mindset like this, right? Because in, in my experience, what I've seen is, is we can we can paint with a broad brush, right? And we can classify the development of mindset into three stages. Stage one, it's possible, but for someone else. Stage two, it might be possible for me, but how? And stage three, it's inevitable for me. Now let's work out the steps. All right. Now think about yourself in relation to your goals, your financial goals, your, your career goals, your relationship goals, your business goals, your goals for complete financial independence. Which of those three stages do you find yourself in? Let me give you a spoiler alert. Most people are in stage one. It's possible for someone else. And not only are they there, but they're stuck there. I know. Speaking from experience, I have been there and I've spent more time there than I should have. Let me tell you, right? So... Since I've had a long, dysfunctional relationship with stage one, I'm, I can tell you, it's easy for me to spot people who are also languishing in stage one in that mindset. So let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Uh, so once I was doing the live stream on IG, and I mentioned a story about how I started my first business when I was eight. Right? So, I met a guy in the cafe who saw me on live. He asked if I was still doing consulting. I said, yeah. He asked if I was doing it full-time or part-time. I said, well, due to factors beyond my control, I'm doing it part-time, right? Based on where I was living, I had to, you know, have a full-time job. Anyway, whatever. I told him I was doing it part-time. Now, he didn't know any better because of cultural differences. So he very casually asked me if I was making at least six figures. I told him I was. So he looked at me and he said, that's great. I wish I could make that much. I was like, dude, six figures ain't that real. It's not really a big deal like that. Um, but, you know, would he like to learn how he could do it too? He said, yeah. Then I just happened to ask him, because, I mean, he's saying, yeah, but his body language, his, his facial expression, I'm getting, like, iffy vibes from him, right? 
I said, dude, if I gave you all the steps and I laid it out for you, do you think you could do it? And I kid you not, Joker looked at me, very straight face, and he was like, mm, probably not. He said, maybe somebody else, but not him. <laughs> I was like, yo, son, you serious? I'm like, look, if you think you can't, you're right. I can give you all the strategy in the world, but if you believe that you cannot do it, you will never do it. So this first stage of mindset where it's possible for someone else, it's possible, but not for me. This is a dream killer. We've all been there, right? We imagine our ideal life, the outcomes we want, and we do it with the skepticism of disbelief. And we never, we never connect with these thoughts and, and hopes and dreams in a real way. So in our minds, they're pipe dreams. Now, it doesn't take a genius to realize that if you think something's a pipe dream, you're going to find a way to sabotage yourself and, and keep yourself from accomplishing it, right? Even if you do all of the actual steps. I'll give you an example. So I played football in college, right? Um... And I guess very charitably, you could describe my <laughs> my college football career as non-traditional. So I, I went to Delaware, right? University of Delaware, as I like to call it. University of Delaware Nowhere, because that's what a pro scout told me. Delaware Nowhere. Anyway, so Delaware, when at the time that I played, and I know I'm dating myself, right? But we had a JV squad. Right, we had so it was one double A football at the time. We had a JV squad that played prep schools and other JV squads as a way of helping us transition to, to college football. Right, um, so usually like the guys who are red shirting and all that, like these would be the guys who play these JV um, on the, on a JV team. So I was a lightweight when I went to college. Right, same height I am now, six five. I showed up on campus uh, freshman year, a buck ninety five soaking wet with sweatpants on right so i needed the time to grow into my college football body so after playing my freshman year on jv squad i redshirted um in my sophomore year i redshirted so you know i could lift weights and put on some size by junior year i was 250 you know and i'm competing for a starting job my senior year um it's academically it was my fourth year i was an academic senior in terms of football eligibility, I was a junior, all right? Um, so I'm competing for a starting job. I was about 255, getting pub in the newspaper and all that. I was going through some personal stuff, and I ended up quitting the team, right, uh, a week before the season started. Now, I always say that my therapist lies at the end of a 45-pound bar. So all I did was I just kept lifting weights, you know, Kept lifting weights, went on and graduated, and, you know, I graduated at the end of that year in four years, because it's like, what else, like, I don't even know how you go to college and, and you don't graduate in four years, unless maybe, like, you're pre-med engineering or something, I guess, I don't know, but I graduated, didn't really have a plan, I applied to law school, I figured I would just go be a lawyer, right, so I'm doing that. 
I'm still lifting weights, still growing, and you know, like kid is getting rocked up. And while I'm doing that, I heard about a tryout for a CFL team, Canadian football team in, in Toronto. And this is like, I think this is the year or the year after that Rocket Ismail went up there, right? So um, my focus is on law school, but I was like, you know what? What the heck? Because like one of the dudes from the that I played college ball with, he was like, yo, let's go up there. Let's, let's, let's try out. And I was like, yeah, it would be cool if I got signed, but you know. I'll just go and see see what it's all about. Like, see what happens, right? I went up there with zero expectations. All right? So, think about what I just said. It would be cool if it happens, but, you know. Let's see what happens. Zero expectations. That is exactly the same as it's possible for someone else. It's possible for someone else. I went up there with this cat admiral, right, that I played with. He he was a running back. He was he was nice, right? So went up there, had a great workout, right? I'm big, I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm a good athlete, yada yada yada. And in this workout, we we they did a little bit backwards because typically you would get the the speed timing out of the way first, um, running a forty yard dash, right? They ran him at the end of the workout. Now, before we ran, um, before we ran, there were, you know, some coaches and agents talking to me throughout the workout. And before I ran, one of them, an agent, he whispered in my ear, he said, he said, if you run on the clock, like you've been running all afternoon, they're going to sign you. I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Get out of here. Like, I, you know, I, I didn't even take it serious when he said it. So I get down to run my 40. Take off on point. My drive phase on point. Transition to my stride is on point. I'm probably 30 yards deep into the 40-yard run. So I'm transitioning to my stride, and I'm looking at the coaches looking at me. And the look on their faces, I was like, oh, what's wrong? I'm thinking something's wrong. So I stopped running. And I literally walked across the finish line. Right? Now, I mean, I'm tall. I'm like 6'5", right? So, you know, I can cover 10 yards in about, you know, three strides. It was, You know what I mean? Uh, so, like I said, I'm about 30 yards. And I, like, hit the brakes when I saw him. So I'm walking across the finish line, and then they start yelling at me. I'm like, what happened? Like, what did I do wrong? They're like, why did you start running? I said, because the way you were looking at me, I thought I did something wrong. Like, maybe it was a false start, or like you didn't get to start at a run. So I figured I would stop. They're like, dude, you're running a great time. Like, we were shocked at how fast you were running. I said, oh, okay, so what was the time? They're like, well, you can't even count that because you walked across the, the finish. But it was a 5-0, 5 flat. I was like, oh, okay. So they told me to run again. No problem, I ran again. Now, if you were rocking me with me from the beginning, you know, like, also in college, when I took my first math test, I got an 18 out of 100. When I took my second math test, I got 
an 18 out of 100. <laughs> so guess what happened? The same thing happened again. Get down, start running, take off. Boom. Da -da 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 -da. Transition to my stride. Look up. People looking at their watches and looking at me. I'm thinking, oh man, something must have gone wrong, right? And I stopped. So I finished my time there was 4-9. Now, for my position, for my position, typically they were looking for people in the 4-8 or 4-9 range, right? Like that's that like that's what they were looking for. In my training, leading up to there. I was running in the four, five, four, six range, so I was pretty fast. Even with me stopping and not finishing the run, I ran what they would have wanted, right? But now they're thinking something's wrong with me, like mentally, like what's wrong with this? Like, is he gonna? If we sign him, is he gonna stop in the middle of a play? Like, you know what I mean? So, in any event, um. But as a as a dude walking in from off the street, basically, right? I, I couldn't just do a good time. I, I needed to be like phenomenal. But somewhere in my ADHD brains, I didn't really believe I was gonna get signed. I didn't believe it. Remember, I went up there like ah, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what we'll see, right? I had no belief that it was actually gonna happen. So, what happened? Subconsciously, I did something stupid enough to make sure I didn't get signed. You see how that worked? Ironically, check this out. Ironically, the team still wanted me. They offered me to join um, uh, a team up there um, that I guess in American terms, it would, it would be like a semi-pro team that fed their practice squad. All right. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'll just go back to law school. You know, I'll, I'll go back home, go to law school, and yeah, whatever, right? Not for me. So I go back to law school. I didn't think much about it, you know. But then I get a call from an agent, right? And, well, actually, before that, what happened was this. Um, yeah, I get a call from an agent, and he's telling me that the, the World League of American Football has started, right? And... um you know, get ready for this tryout, and you know the 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 uh, the coaches in Toronto really like me, yada yada yada. At the same time, that summer, right, a guy that I played high school football with, he he also went to a college about as small as Delaware. He went to Lehigh. Anyway, he was uh, in training camp with the Steelers, so I went to I went to law school in Philly, right, and. The Steelers were playing Philly in a preseason game in Philly. So I saw him after the game. Now, in high school, he used to clown me all the time because I was little. I told you I showed up, you know, to college of Buck 95, right? And he was always bigger than me. He was a center. So he was in camp with the Steelers about 270. And when I saw him, we were almost the same size. And he was like, yo, like, you've been putting in work. You know, you know, we we kept in touch and all that, and he ended up on the Steelers practice squad. And he was like, "Listen, man, you need to go to that workout, you know, for the World League." The Steelers sent him to the World League, and um, so I was like, kind of confused about it. Like, yeah, 
like no one's gonna sign me. You know what I mean? Like, it, do I think I'm talented enough to play? Yeah, but do I think I'm gonna really get signed? I, I was having a hard time seeing it, so I went back to you know Delaware. Um, you know, asked a couple teammates what they thought. They were like, "Yo, man, you shouldn't have never quit. You, you should have kept playing. Like, you know, you could do it." Talked to my position coach at Delaware. Um, it was an accident. I was really not looking for him, but you know, I ran into him. He said, listen, I'm still pissed at you because you quit on me a week before the season. But I will say this. You know, you're a talented athlete. I think you could do it. It would it, be good for you. You got to make sure your head is right, though. He said, you got to make sure your head is right. He said, if anyone calls and asks, I will give you a positive recommendation. Right? Um, he said, don't tell the head coach, Joe, because I'll probably get fired. <laughs> if he knew I would help you. So now I'm at stage two, right? It's possible. It might be possible, but but how? Like I had no idea how I was going to make it work. I knew it wasn't going to be possible if I stayed in law school because, I mean, like, that's a full day of studying, a full day of attending class. And then, like, you know, with all the reading and, and whatnot you got to do, I mean, you're working until like midnight. So there's no way I was going to be able to be in the shape that I needed to be in while still staying in law school. So, you know, I talked to my parents and my grandmother and talked them into agreeing to look the other way while I dropped out of law school. My mother was hot to death. She was heated. She was heated. Um, she was a hard to sell. I, and I had to promise to go back to law school at some point and begrudgingly she accepted me leaving law school. All right, so I threw myself into the gym, got my weight up. I was 275. I was crazy strong, this, that, and the third, right? And But I didn't have a how. Like, I thought it might be possible, but, like, how? How's anybody going to find me in this country of 320 million people, right? So there was a guy named Eric Swan, right? He was a first-round draft pick of the Cardinals that year. Played a year of semi-pro football. That's it. I'll play semi-pro football. Right? We basically played the same position. They found him. They'll find me. So I went to Fresno, then Wisconsin, and Texas, you know, trying to be the next Eric Swan. Right? Because I'm like, if he got drafted after playing semi-pro ball, then that meant it was possible. But I didn't know what I didn't know. So what I didn't know is that he was one of the most highly recruited high school players in the country, but he didn't qualify academically to play college football. So after he sat around the house for a couple of years, you know, he played this one year semi pro football, had an agent, but he was like a, a different species, right? He was 6'5", about 320, um, ran a 4'7", Like he was just a stupid, ridiculous physical specimen. I wasn't at that level. Right. So I didn't, I didn't know the how, but I started at like, after I, after I found out about his whole story, that was the story that I was telling myself, like it was his circumstance, like his circumstances. Yeah, of course he got drafted that way. I don't have the same circumstances. So of course it's not going to happen for me like that. And I already started telling myself the story. Right. And this is what happens in stage two. You start explaining away other people's 
success is due to they had better circumstances, they had better opportunities, they knew somebody, right? But what you don't look at is, no, but there's something else that they had, right? So because I hadn't figured out the how, that's what I, that's where my mindset was, right? So I spent a lot of time focused on how and like what strategy do I need and this, that, and the third, right? My mindset still wasn't together, but I was like trying to work on the details, right? The the trunk of the tree and the, and the branches. Didn't have the other part together yet. So I've made a step in the right direction, right? I went from it's possible for someone else to, it might be possible for me, but how? Will it be possible, right? But, so I'm doing things a little bit backwards, but I needed to get to that third stage of mindset. It's inevitable for me. Now let's figure out the steps. So the problem with focusing on strategy before you develop the mindset is that it signals that you believe your success is dependent on external factors. I'll say it again. The problem with focusing on strategy before you develop the mindset is that it triggers your brain to believe that success depends on external factors. That's when you start getting into explaining away other people's success. It's because of they, they had circumstances were better. They're from this neighborhood. Their parents were like that. Uh, it's because they were Samoan or whatever it is, right? And this is important to understand. Our brains, right? So there, there's an author named David Allen. And he argues that our brains have what we could call a programmable search function. Now, in technical terms, it's called the reticular activating system. And, and the way it works is like, like, whatever you're looking for is what you're going to see in, in a nutshell. But I'll give an example, right? Let's say you just got engaged. And then suddenly, everywhere you go, every woman you see has on an engagement ring. Ever happened to you, right? Or you're trying to get pregnant, then all of a sudden, every woman you pass in the mall or on the street in the park, they're pregnant. Because that's what you're focused on doing your own situation, right? So we've all had experiences like that, right? You know, the car that you want to buy, um, you know, the jeans that you want, whatever it is, right? The way you're hyper-focused on it, you'll start to see those things everywhere. So this reticular activating system decides what stimuli are important and what stimuli are are not. Now, the best part of this reticular activating system is that you, you, that's right, you, pay attention, I'm talking to you, you get to decide what's important, and that's why if you're stuck in mindset stage one, where it's possible for someone else, 
you will see evidence of that everywhere, right? But if you can get to mindset stage three, it's inevitable for me, you will see evidence of that everywhere. So in my own case, going back to the football story, right? So when I got to mindset stage three, I really felt like it was inevitable that I was going to play in the NFL. So I was living in Dallas and everywhere I went, I mean, to the mall, to, to restaurants, like whatever, to the gym, everywhere I went, people would come up to me and ask me if I played for the Cowboys, right? Random people in the mall, restaurant, asked me for my autograph. You know, I got asked to appear um, in the movie. Um, like, you know, things were happening. I, I really felt like it was inevitable, right? So check this out. Cowboy coach sees me playing semi-pro football. Weird how this happened, right? They brought me in for a private workout to their facility in front of their coaches. Had a great workout. None of that stopping, running halfway through stuff, right? Had a great workout. And then after the workout, they said, listen, we like you. You're a great athlete. You're a little light. And I was about 270, 275 at that point. They said, if you can gain 30 pounds, we'll sign you. So I was ambivalent about how I felt about that because, remember, I was a dude who showed up in college at 195 pounds. And it took me, you know, three years in college to get to 250 solid. You know what I mean? And then it took another couple years to get from the 250 to 270. Like, they want me to add another 30 pounds. I was like, yeah, whatever. But again, I'm living in a place and surrounding myself with people where I'm, I'm getting all of this energy and feedback like it's inevitable. It took me two years to gain another 30 pounds. And I kid you not, them jokers, <laughs> they brought me in for another workout, right? And they ended up drafting two people who played the same position, but they told me, you know, kept me on standby um, in case they had an injury in training camp. Now, ultimately, I did not sign with the Cowboys. But then again, I don't know how many people who didn't even finish playing college football have ever been invited to Valley Ranch for a private workout with Cowboys coaches, not once, but twice, two years apart. Right? That was something I would not have even imagined was possible. So I ended up, um, you know, playing some arena ball and, you know, had some injuries and, you know, that was more or less the end of that. But when I believed that it was inevitable, When I believed that it was inevitable, that's when it happened. So, if the third stage is it's inevitable, now let's work out the steps. Now let's talk about the steps, all right? Let's assume mindset is where it needs to be. We're in stage three. We got to talk about how do you get to the goal? Now, we're not focusing on the steps before we develop the mindset, but once the mindset is set, once the mindset is set, say that three times fast. Once the mindset is set, we got to have a framework or a plan or strategy 
right, to accomplish whatever it is that we're looking for, whether it's making more money, a better career, getting healthy, losing weight, getting married, whatever, starting a business, whatever your thing is. We need to have a plan for how we can get there. So there is a basic four-step approach to getting there. All right. It's an acronym that spells out FACT, F-A-C-T, right? FACT. Why? Because it's a fact that if you get your mindset right and get to stage three, you will start to see opportunities and find support for accomplishing your goals that you wouldn't have recognized if you were still in stage one or stage two. Fact, all right? So, F, focus on your wins. The F, in fact, stands for focus on your wins. So my football journey, I started making note of all the wins I was racking up, right? Agents competing to represent me, size and strength and speed gains, combine performances, uh, playing uh, semi-pro ball and, and dominating guys who had been in NFL training camps. I focused on every single win I achieved, no matter how small I might have been to somebody else. When I recognize it was a win, I focus on it. I wrote it down, kept track of them. F, focus on your wins. A, ask useful questions. There's something in our brains that, that seeks to answer questions that we ask it. So we need to ask, what can I control in this moment? What resources are available to me to help me reach my goal? What can I do today to get a little closer to my goal? Who do I need to reach out to? What do I need to change in my daily routine? What habits do I need to develop? All right. And in asking those questions, your brain, because of the reticular activating system, will start to seek answers. And you will find those opportunities like we talked about. The C is coach. In other words, get a coach, right? Look, when you're clear about your goal, you know exactly what you want to do, but you do it on your own, you are effectively choosing the slowest, the most inefficient, and most frustrating path on your journey. Let me give you some names. Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson, Tom Brady, right? Serena Williams. They're all the best in the world at what they did. And they all had a coach. Find somebody who can help you accomplish your goal based on their knowledge and experience so you can shorten the learning curve and get there with the, le with the least wastage of time and money and opportunity possible, right? The longer it takes you to get to your goal, the, the less time you have to enjoy actually accomplishing it. The faster you get there, the sooner you can focus on other things, right? And how achieving this goal is going to allow you to bring gifts to the world. So C, get a coach. T, take some things off your plate. Get rid of your distractions, the negative energy, the time wasters, anything that is not serving you. Remember, 
the way that reticular activating system works is that it focuses on important stimuli. So you have to declutter your life, declutter your daily routine, so that you only give your energy, your thought, your direction to things and people that actually serve you and reinforce the stage three mindset where it's inevitable for me, right? So take some things off your plate. Do not wake up in the morning and start your day scrolling through social media. Like, stay focused. All right? So it's a fact, F-A-C-T, right? So that's our acronym, right? Focus on your wins, ask useful questions, coach, get a coach, and take some things off your plate. It's a fact that you can achieve your goals, whatever they are, if you get yourself to stage three where it's inevitable for me and then implement the four-step strategy. Mindset is more important than strategy. And don't you forget it. Now, what I need you to do next is to subscribe to the podcast. Let's make this thing huge, a resource of people all over the world who know where they want to go but just need a little support getting there. And this has been another episode of Stairway to 7. I have been Ismail. You have been listening. Stairway to 7. Figures. There's no elevator for success. You got to take the stairs and six figures ain't stretching nearly as long as it used to. So let's make the conversation around earning seven figures. Got to get ahead of the game and stay there. Take care.